Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. The Irish pop singer known as CMAT, spelled just like it sounds, C-M-A-T, made an immediate impact in Ireland with her cleverly titled debut LP, If My Wife Knew, I'd Be Dead. That was last year. Now she's just released her sophomore album called Crazy Mad For Me. Once again, the first thing you'll notice is her brassy clarion voice. And even though the songs tend to have a pretty full production, she's also able to distill some of them down to a solo acoustic performance. Here's an example. This is CMAT live in our studio with her song, Where Are Your Kids Tonight?
Well, that <laughs> is a solo performance here in our studio by CMAT of her song, Where Are Your Kids Tonight? And every time I thought, CMAT, that you had reached the higher edge of your range, you then went another step or two higher. Um, first of all, great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So is every solo version of this song like that? Or, or you know, are you just kind of like feeling it in the moment? It's like, I think I can get another third in there, you know? <laughs> it it definitely changes depending on my uh, mood and the situation I'm in. At the moment, I'm, I'm sitting down, which I never usually am when I sing because my uh, guitar is a little bit broken. <laughs> so I think that I was just like, mm. I as I got up to the last bit, I was like, I wonder how this one's going to go. I just went for it. Well, on the record, uh, that song is a duet with John Grant. Yes. Terrific American singer and songwriter. Now I find I've picked up problems from loves of mine You swear they ain't got on Everything bone falls apart and leaves me here How did that happen? I uh, stalked him, I think is <laughs> is the term that we use today. No, like I like genuinely, I've been obsessed with him since I was probably 15 years old. Um, uh, his second record is Pale Green Ghosts. And there's a song in it called Glacier that he, he used to perform sometimes with an Irish singer uh, called Conor O'Brien, who is in a band called Villagers. Don't you become paralyzed with fear. I found him through him basically I like watched one of his sessions and I became utterly utterly obsessed John is actually like really big in Ireland like for whatever reason well he's he's just a big guy in general isn't he he's a a big beautiful man (laughs) But he um, he he really really seems to nail Ireland and nail our kind of sense of humor and our like taste in musicianship. Of, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what it is, but he his work really resonates for me, and I I think the stuff he sings about and writes about is always relevant to me in some ways. And even when it's not, I'm still like devastated. So I just like every time I met someone who had anything to do with him was like. Do you know John Grant? Can I talk to him? I want I want to talk to John Grant. Like really shamelessly for like the last two and a half years, I was probably doing it just like, please can I meet John Grant? I really want to meet him. Uh, like a little teenager, and then eventually I got to meet um, Simon Simon Raymond, who is the head of Bella Union, and used to be in a band called Cocteau, Cocteau Twins. Twins. Yes, yeah, yeah, he used yeah. to be in Cocteau Twins, um, and he lives in Brighton, where I currently live in England, and I met him for a coffee, and I think begged him I think just begged him and then and then he gave him the song and uh, John loved it and Simon loved it and everybody seemed to really like it so we did our bits remotely he was in Reykjavik in Iceland and I was actually in Bergen in Norway and uh, so I didn't meet him until we shot the music video for the song which is good a a story that could have ended with a restraining order instead ended with this lovely duet yes Uh, and friendship good I like to think good um, and that that song, it seems to me, is representative, uh, you know, of the whole of the record, mm. uh, Crazy Mad, f- for me, b- 
because it seems like it is kind of a there is a loose concept of time travel and I say that not in the sci-fi way but yeah. you know of characters looking back looking ahead you're not always sure what generation yeah. is speaking yeah is, is that I mean am I hearing things or is that something you intended that, that's absolutely bang on I think specifically with that song the reason I wanted two people singing it that I guess that are two different ages is because I wanted it to feel like it was both someone looking back and someone looking forward but at the same time because I liked the concept of those two things essentially being the same thing yeah um, and that's why that song kind of needed to be a duet but it, it's funny because it is like about my mother and it's about me like turning into my mother <laughs> and I decided to illustrate that point by casting John Grant as my mother <laughs> uh, but it works in my head it works in my head oh sure I, I can see it. how that would appeal to him yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John's been here and done a, one of our sound check sessions as well. Um, and the title, Crazy Mad, is all one word. Yes. Crazy Mad for me. Yes. Playing with language seems to be something that you like to do. I mean, the first record, If My Wife Knew I'd Be Dead, it's not K-N-E-W. No. It's N-E-W, new as, as versus old. Yeah. So kind of upsetting the way we expect language to work. Yeah. I yeah I that's funny I think you're like the first person to point that out but it is something I do literally all of the time and it's something that I've always had a lot of fun with on my on my first record there's a song called I'd Want You this is just an example off the top of my head mm-hmm. the song called I'd Want You um, and the first line is I first saw you through a half eye first saw you through a half eye you And the Irish language term for looking at someone through one eye is egbratnu uh, three lahil, which directly translates to looking at you through half of an eye. Ah. And I think I like translating things wrong, and I I like like not taking the rules of the English language seriously because we we shouldn't take England seriously. I'm just <laughs> joking. <laughs> um, but you says, know, says the woman who lives in Brighton. I know on, on I the know. south coast of England. I know it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. I know my family are very upset. No, I'm just kidding. We, there's loads of English people in my family, so it's fine. But yeah. um, but you know, I th- I I love um, I love language. I love languages. I love, in particular, like colloquial language. Yeah. I love when someone is technically supposed to be speaking English to me, but I've not a clue what they're talking about. <laughs> and then like kind of digging into that and trying to figure out what that is. Um, yeah, I love it. I love and, playing it. And so are you a lyrics first songwriter? I I mean, I, it's definitely lyrics strong. I I think two things have to be equally as important as each other. But I would never, for example, I don't think I'd ever like write a melody and then shoehorn lyrics in afterwards. Mm. Like I think the lyric has to be there and I have to find the melody for the lyric. Definitely, definitely. And and I'll change things, you know, I'll change a melody, I'll change a lyric. I usually simplify stuff down from um, the written word because everything still has to be very um, melodious and it has to be very like... um, it has to sing well, right? right? There's right. no point in writing a really good set of lyrics if they sound crap. <laughs> Coming out my mouth, do you know? <laughs> yes. Um, so there's obviously there's there's these days it's more than lyrics and music and production. There's there's also videos, and you have done a number of these sort of high concept videos. And again, there seems to be a 
a connecting thread that deals with time. Mm. It's like you look at these things and what year am I looking at? Yeah. What century am I looking at? Yeah. Particularly with this record, because the whole point of it is time and perspective and what that does to certain things. Um, but in general, I find um, anything that's too on the nose to be repulsive, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm really bad when someone is just, you know, rehashing something in a pastiche way without any regard for the situation that they find themselves currently in, which is like the 2020s or whatever it may be. Right. Um, I think there has to be something there that... Um, modernizes it and then at the same time I don't love things that are ultra modern you know I don't yeah. I, d- I don't really like uh, um, I, th- I think everything has to be cut with something right it's like a recipe you need you need all of the things and you need uh, to use them in the most interesting way possible yeah so and I think that's always been a really intense thing with definitely the visuals and definitely the music videos and stuff and well, the artwork and uh, I, I want to come back in, in, a, in a few minutes to that idea of things that are too on the nose and avoiding that because uh, there's a couple of interesting things you've done along those lines on your first two records but I want to give you a chance to play another song from the new album uh, Rent is both kind of like a it's like a literal central track on the record mm-hmm. but also in terms of just like the powerhouse vocal performance here it, it really feels like I mean the, the album almost feels like a mountain that kind of ascends to this point yeah a little bit I think it's almost everyone's favorite song on the records <laughs> which I really wasn't expecting because I thought it was my weirdest um and I almost didn't put it on the record for a while because uh, I thought I, I couldn't execute it well on record I thought it was only going to exist as live but we got there in the end all right well let's yeah. let's hear it live cool. uh, the song is rent my guest is CMAT brand new album out called crazy mad for me And this is a live performance. Slice my hope in two and put it on ice, put it on ice. Your bed and cartoons could have been my life. Baby, the rent is due And I don't know anything about 
Once again, CMAT live in our studio and her song Rent from the brand new record called Crazy Mad for Me. And so you, you, you thought that was going to be a great live song, but maybe not for the record. It worked out for the record. But does that often happen that uh, a song appears to you or seems to you to be something that will be good for one and not the other? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's you know, it's it's interesting because like I feel like as a live artist, like I feel like that's my thing now as in like playing live and doing shows and even doing like acoustic stuff like this. It really has become a really, really important part of what I do, not just from a, you know, a, a, a sales point of view. Right, or promotion, yeah. You right. know, not from that point of view, but more from like a, a writing point of view. I feel like because before I made my first record, I'd never really played a show like at all. And now I've been constantly on the road for like two years or two and a half years or something. And um, like it making this record, I really, really try to be careful about making stuff just for the show. Mm. I kind of have no interest in that. And my thing has always been just do the record as it's supposed to be done. And just play the ones that work best live. But right. then, you know, I have songs that I've written that probably would work well live, but when I get into the studio, I have no interest. I've like no interest <laughs> in really recording them. Um, so it's a, di- it's a difficult balance. It's like a difficult thing because, you know, I could make loads of stuff that sounds like No More Virgos, which is a song of my first record. I could make loads of stuff that sounds like that. Give me just enough to keep me nice. I know you but I haven't had an impulse to, so I need to watch it. I need to not follow something that isn't the the kind of instinct, you know. You said something before. I said I wanted to follow up on this that that you 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 don't you don't find the idea of things that are really on the nose to be artistically attractive to you. Repellent, I think, was the word yeah. you, you used. <laughs> um, there's a track on the new record called Vincent Company. Yeah. 
which as a soccer fan, I immediately went to and I was like, is this going to be like about playing central defense for Man City or running the Burnley Football Club? And it turns out to be none of that. No. I was crazy back then and I'm crazy right now and they're both in While there is a line that sort of explains why the song is called Vincent Company, it there's like a real, there's no straight line. There's a real dogleg there to get from the title yeah. to the actual substance of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote this song. Uh, I had, I had, I had quite a lot of the song written, but I couldn't quite put it together. And I was working on stuff with um, a friend of mine who's a musician, uh, Declan McKenna, who I think is over here at the moment as well. And we were in the studio. Well, it was my sitting room. <laughs> we were in my sitting room <laughs> and um, we were writing the song and I was explaining the story of the song, which is I wanted to write about the relationship that we all have with our former version of ourselves. Specifically, I found myself doing this thing where I'd be telling a story about something absolutely insane that I did. <laughs> and I'd be like, I was crazy back then. Right. But now I'm totally fine. And I've <laughs> never done anything weird in my life. And actually... You're the same person and you're always going to be susceptible to weirdness. But specifically, I had this story to illustrate the point, which is that I moved to Manchester and I was living in like a bed sit um, and was living on the dole and had no money and was um, doing a lot of things that I absolutely shouldn't have been doing. And one of them was uh, getting high and watching like nine consecutive hours of the Gilmore Girls every single day <laughs> and like not leaving my room because I was scared to go outside because I was very paranoid because of the highness and um, then one day I like got up at four o'clock in the morning and I just cut all my hair off while looking at myself in the mirror then I tied it together and I literally sellotaped it to the wall and took a picture of it and sent it to my cousin Marian and I was like I'm a new person now and I was explaining this story to him and he was like what? <laughs> 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 he was like you did what? And so I was like, I really want a line in the song where I say I cut all my hair off trying to look like blah, 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 and put in a simile there. Right. So during that session, we made a list of bald celebrities <laughs> that could be usable in the song. And I was really stuck on Stanley Tucci for a while. I really wanted Stanley Tucci. Cut all my hair off trying to look like Stanley Tucci. Uh, just because I love Stanley Tucci. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I'm human. Yeah. I'm only human. <laughs> of course, He's we all love Stanley Tucci. He's a very fine actor. He's a brilliant actor. Right. I love him so but much. Vincent Company, that's a good looking bald man he's a brilliant looking bald man but also his name sings a lot better yes and this is where going back to the point of sometimes you have to give up the line that you love in order to get something that sounds very beautiful and so when he and he's a football fan so he was like Vincent Company do you know Vincent Company he's real bold but so I was like okay let me research this guy because what I didn't want to happen was have Declan give me the name of someone and just leave it in a song without knowing that they were a terrible person or had yeah, done something horrible. Yeah. So I researched him extensively. Lovely man. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous man. Everybody loves him. And also, I, I'm i also friends with um, a group of musicians from Manchester called Blossoms. And I'd been working on some stuff with them. And they were really excited about the fact I had a song called Vincent Company <laughs> because they're all Man City supporters. <laughs> they're like, he's a Manchester legend. He's a Manchester legend. Yeah. 
And I thought, again, just funny coincidence that he's a Manchester legend and the song is set from when I used to live in Manchester. And so all this stuff came together very beautifully, I think. Yeah. But yeah, shout out Vincent Company. I hope he doesn't hate the song. <laughs> I re- that would be mortifying for me. <laughs> I mean, I've no choice. You know, it is what it is. It's going to be out there anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I hope he likes it. Watch 16 hours straight of the Gilmore Girls quite comfortably. I was crazy back then. Similarly, on the first album, there's a song called Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah. Uh, in which, in the video, you're basically Peter Bogdan. You're in Peter Bogdanovich drag. Yeah, I, guess. <laughs> I am dressed up as Peter Bogdanovich for the whole thing. Which again, a weird thing with that song was I wrote that song quite a while ago. I mean, I think I wrote it very early lockdown actually because. I do deep dives on things and people because I'm I'm very um I I love films and I love books and whatever I'm a person who consumes media but <laughs> I specifically made it my mission during lockdown I was like I'm gonna watch every single film made by Peter Bogdanovich because I had seen the last picture show for another reason and I was like oh my god that's the best film I've ever seen let me watch everything he's ever done um and I was curious as to why his films dropped off in yeah. the 80s I was like is stuff in the 70s is so amazing and then he really flopped in 80s onwards like didn't really do much good stuff and then I got into a 16 part podcast on the memoirs and life of Polly Platt who was a producer set designer writer essentially director and um, who was his first wife ah. and she basically was the brains behind the operation and I listened to a very intense 16 part podcast. I believe the podcast is called uh, You Must Remember This with Karina Longworth. And it the whole their whole world and that whole world became my life because I was stuck at home with nothing else to do. And the idea for the song came when I was like, this must be really weird from Sybil Shepherd's perspective. And also, what is she doing? Because her life, she basically, long story short for anyone who doesn't know, Polly Platt, Peter Bogdanovich, they were married. They made his first proper film, The Last Picture Show, and six weeks into filming, he left his wife for the star of the film, mm. who was a 19-year-old Sybil Shepherd, who you'll know from that film, with the, the TV show with the talking car. Um, what's that show called? Uh, 80s? Knight Rider? Am I correct? Knight Rider? Well, she's, uh, yeah, it, she's in loads correct, of things. Uh, but she's, yeah, a very famous actress and model here. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's mo- she, I think she's more famous over here. Yes. Um, and... All of the interviews from the time with her when she's like 1920 and people are like, do you feel bad? Like, she's like, no, I'm a child of the 60s and I don't believe in marriage, which is a really funny thing to say when you've broken up one. Yes. (laughs) And I found it so funny and so interesting. And I found it really interesting that she was villainized in all this when like this is the in a way like he's the one with the kids and he's the one with the wife and she's the one getting villainized in the press. And I found the kind of gender roles Mm. in there to be particularly interesting and how you can kind of apply the structure of that situation to almost anything that ever happens in relationships.
So, so there's a little more of a straight line between that title and the yeah. song than than the Vincent Company, but yeah, okay. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, here in the states, if you go to a postgraduate degree program mm-hmm. for like law or medicine, you have to take an aptitude test. I don't know if anyone's told you this. Is but it is it called the CMAS? N- it's the MCAT for medicine. Oh. MCAT, oh. LSAT, the LSAT for law. You know, there's like all these ATs, all these aptitude tests. Yeah. So, you know, as an American, when I see CMAT, yeah. I'm thinking computer maintenance or something. Is that what this is? Ooh, computer maintenance aptitude test. Yes. Or cool music aptitude test. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Karen in the control room is telling me that CMAT is a, 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 a test in India. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know this because from the early days of being a pop star with the name CMAT, I was very hard to Google <laughs> because there's just a lot of YouTube videos about how to pass the CMAT. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, it is what it is. And it is your real... Your, the initials of your real name. Yeah, my name is Kira Mary Alice Thompson. So it is my initials is where it comes from. And uh, when you decided to go with the initials and had that Google problem, you just decided, the hell with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bigger than this test in India. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to power through with these things. Yeah. And I was really, I think I named myself properly in like 2017. This is quite funny. And when I was like, oh, will this work? I was listening to a lot of SZA at the time. Mm. And she's S-Z-A. And now obviously that comes from Wu-Tang Clan and like RZA and and all that. But I was like, well, if SZA can do it, (laughs) (laughs) I can do it. Because no one knew how to pronounce her name initially. Everybody was like, I don't know. And now she's the most famous woman in the world. So we all know how to pronounce SZA. (laughs) It's very searchable and it's very distinct. So I was like, let's do it. Uh, actually, I think I think when I Googled CMAT, I think you were the first thing to come up. Well, there we go. So I've beat that up. Well test done. <laughs> sorry, sorry to all the students in India, but I had to do it to them. <laughs> all right. Um, the next song you're going to do, you're going to going back to the first record for this one, right? Yeah. And it's called "I Want to Be a Cowboy, Baby." And that title sort of goes to something for folks who haven't been able to decipher that yet: country music. <laughs> Seems to be a big love of yours. Yeah. Um, that first album starts with a track called Nashville. Yeah. Um, and when a female singer has country in her music mix, comparisons to Patsy Cline can be kind of facile. But in <laughs> your case, it feels kind of right. Well, that's really, really funny because literally two na- I flew here to uh, New York from Dublin from a gig that I did with John Grant in the National Concert Hall where we were literally performing the music of Patsy Cline. <laughs> like, it's like the last thing that I did before coming here. Um, but I love Patsy. I mean, I love Patsy. Like, you can't not. Yeah, it is a great voice. And uh, and so is yours. So let's, Thank let's, you. let's put it to work again. Yeah. In a live performance of the song, I Want to Be a Cowboy, Baby, my guest is C-Mat.
Once again, C-Mat, live in our studio, her song, I Want to Be a Cowboy, Baby. You'll find a version of that on her first record, If My Wife Knew I'd Be Dead. Uh, and actually, there are two versions. There's a bonus acoustic version of the song as well. So, C-Mat, you were talking before about how some songs, you know, y- you think they're for the live show, and some songs you write for the record, so the record needs to be what it is. This one seems to have gone both directions. Mm, yeah, I mean, this song is really what did everything for me, and like the the way that I, I the way that I developed, you know, any kind of audience or any kind of career at all was all this song, and the first version that anyone would have heard um, was that version was that just me and an acoustic guitar kind of screaming at the top of my <laughs> head instead of singing uh that was that you know that was always the way I played it and um so I just I really wanted to make that version kind of like available yeah. for all of the OG 2019 <laughs> 2020 girlies to have you know so uh the new record is called crazy mad for me it's just come out and you're going to be back here in New York in March. So there'll be uh, presumably a, a, a tour, a large tour headed this way. A semi-large tour, okay. not not too large. We, we, we'll be getting, uh, I'll, I'll be bringing the band with me, which is the most important thing, because um, I like to be able to uh, do the splits yeah. and uh, throw myself around and such things like that. But we will be, we will be going to places I've never been before, yes. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, the record is out. It's great. It's called Crazy Mad for me. C-Mat, thank you so much. This has been great fun. Thank you for, for playing for us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks to our uh, technical director, Irene Trudell, our producer, Karen Havlick, also shot video today. Eric Weber is our video editor. I'm John Schaefer. Keep up with new sounds and everything we're doing by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter, Text New Sounds to 70101 or sign up on the website at newsounds.org.